She's a, a coat snorting whore. Well, it looks like a Skittles commercial. I don't know what the fuck that was. <laughs> Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. everybody welcome to the syncast this is chris atkinson from cinema sins joined as always by jeremy scott the voice of cinema sins hey and barrett share from music video sins hello and uh we're gonna do this continuing thing where we're talking about uh the years uh in film since we were born and uh this one is gonna be 1983 you'll shoot your eye out kid say hello to my little friend no young skywalker Will die. 19, 1983 uh, on first glance uh, isn't a great year by any means, uh, but I like a lot of stuff on here. And it's going to have, it's going to be a hard time for me uh, to pick the best. Yeah. Of and this, I'm sort of in the this. opposite place. I'm sort of in the opposite place. Like I'm, I'm, I glanced over the movies from 1983 in prep for this podcast roughly three minutes ago. And um <clears throat> I don't know if I'm, I'm gonna have a hard time finding one to throw my full weight behind to vote. Well, for. let's let's <laughs> throw out the academies. Uh, uh, they picked out uh, they picked Terms of Endearment, which is a good movie. I really like Terms of Endearment. Uh, James L. Brooks, who later yeah. later would be of uh, broadcast news and uh, and of the Simpsons fame, uh, did this one, and it's really good. Even though it's uh, a, a movie that you know is advertised as uh depressing uh depressing disease movie or whatever it is what do you want to call it uh uh it's got a lot of you know that classic james l brooks stuff in it it's uh it's uh it's really well written and uh, really well acted and everything but uh i can I on a I, kick in college where i said i'm gonna watch every movie he's ever made like mm-hmm. even the ones that don't turn out to be that good and even his bad movies have that special he's a very special director i think he captures the human experience in a way that is very unique yeah um, so anyway and he loves to cast albert brooks who's one of my favorites <laughs> yeah yeah and they're not related that's no. a that's the that's the weird thing and albert brooks cast him in uh, uh the movie and i can't remember it right now but they he cast james l brooks in another movie nice um uh, obviously the big one is return of the jedi uh and it's I hear, what do we think about Return of the Jedi uh, 33 years later? Well, I th- this is special for me because this is the first Star Wars movie I saw in theaters. And Same here. I'm pretty sure my mom had to lie to my dad about where we were going um, or just, I don't know, like really persuade him. Um, so <clears throat> my mom, my brother and I, and I'm watch- I'd seen the other two. I think we rented them from the library or something. Maybe they'd been on TV, and I was a Star Wars fan, but this was the first time I got to see it in the theater before anybody else knew it was going to happen. Um, so I think I end up liking Return of the Jedi most, or more than most of the Star Wars fans see. It seems to be third on most people's list for the original trilogy. Um, and and I like it a little better than that. I never had a problem with the Ewoks, and maybe that's because I saw them when I was eight years old, the perfect age for Ewoks. Um, so I like it more than most. Um, I'm still not sure I can vote that my best best movie of 1983 because uh, i think it certainly does have some flaws yeah uh i think that uh, there's this sort of uh thought that it's uh that nobody likes it these days which mm. i don't think is true right. i think it's just the ewok thing is right. what <laughs> what gets people you know that's what they 
Yeah, the Ewok thing gets gets uh, people thinking, you know, this isn't a good movie or whatever. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I, I like Return of the Jedi a lot. Uh, it's just not Empire. You know, that's right. basically what it comes down. And when I was, yeah, I saw this when I was six and, and I was, you know, I loved it. So, I mean, it was Star Wars and everything. So yeah. I, I was all about it. But, uh, you know, later on, you just you watch it and like, okay, well, Empire's better. Return of the Jedi still has a lot of great stuff in it, though. Yeah, it's gotten a lot of backlash on this, and mostly I think it's because Darth Vader becomes a pussy at the end of it. Yeah, you know? yeah, and I think that's that's a big thing. There's the Ewok thing, and then there's the Darth Vader pussy thing. Mm-hmm. Being that he's like one of the, and this is actually something that we talked about in retrospect. Vader should have been on one of the the greatest action movie villains on our last podcast, but he, he arguably is one of the best villains and baddies, and like pretty awful person the whole time especially after empire and he kind of just melts and i know that's all the whole part of it or the whole point of it but uh, it, it just turned I, off a lot of people i don't know I, and i've seen return of the jedi many many times and and i guess there's some sort of uh, unsaid interplay that we're supposed to believe that vader is going to turn there at the end and i don't know if i've ever bought it you know yeah mm-hmm. never bought it really it's kind of like just at the last minute, he's like, okay, power good comes in. I'm going to throw the emperor off into the big, huge, you know, it's the, it's the star Wars death trap. There's always something that can throw 98,000 story drops somewhere. Yeah, around. always. And, and if a star Wars villain, by the way, in the next few star Wars movies, uh, these uh, star Wars villains need to stop building those. That's basically what it comes down to. <laughs> they're not going to need, they're going to stop. They have to stop building them so that, uh, you know, some of the Sith Lords can still, you know, hang out and everything. All um, right. So what else stands out to you guys from this year? Um, in terms of 83, obviously Scarface is jumping out at me. Um, for yeah. Um, okay. So Scarface is, is one of our movie recipes that we just did. And, I, I, you know, I sort of have to toe the line on what we talk about with Scarface and everything, but I don't like this movie. <laughs> oh, really? Really? No, no, no. Why don't it's not you good. like this movie? Oh, it's not good at all. It's, uh, first what? off, oh, you it's terrible, Barry. all in the movie recipe. No, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> Is this I, the I one where I said, I haven't seen this in so long, you're going to have to carry this episode. Is that the yeah. this movie? Yeah. And so I, I, proceeded, I proceeded to talk about Scarface in, in a normal, sane, logical manner that, you know, that of a person that looks like he really loves Scarface. But I hate this movie so much. Oh, my God. And, Why do you hate this movie so much? Um, first off, it's so goddamn over the top. And I, and, and it's, and it has no, look, it has no redeeming qualities whatsoever. Like, uh, I don't understand. Here's the thing. I actually recently watched it again. I've seen this movie three times. Um, Mm. I recently watched it again just for that movie recipe thing. And like I told, I did say this in the movie recipe thing. It's one of the most hilarious scenes. And we talked, it's funny. Just, we just talked about this, you know, X-Men apocalypse, how the, how funny that bow and arrow scene is in that. Well, this movie has a hilarious scene to me when he goes and he tries to find his sister and he, well, you know, he tried, no, he tries to find his buddy. And, uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, he, he knocks on the door and he, he goes in and, and, uh, he, he sees his buddy and he sees his sister 
like obviously they've had sex and everything and it's like it's going through his mind and he's like oh my god i told my buddy not to have sex with my sister now i gotta kill him and he kills him and the sister comes down and she's like we were gonna surprise you when we got married and i was like what does scarface at any point in this movie seem like the guy who loves surprises no he doesn't and I died laughing when I saw this scene. I was like, I was like, you thought you thought it would be a good idea to surprise him about being married? That is fucking hilarious. And uh, and yeah, and then like yeah, the whole like end scene where he's got this mountain of blow that's like bigger than Mount Everest on his desk, and he's like just keeps on sticking his face in it and all this other stuff. <laughs> that's, it's just that's insane. That's so crazy. so yeah, I mean, and then, yeah, and he. And he, he he somehow wins over Michelle Pfeiffer, who's like never, never like made into a great character of any sort. You just like, oh, she's a, a coke snorting whore, basically, is what she is the whole movie. And like they get married and then like sort of a switch flips and like, oh, they have a bad marriage. Well, I guess we figured that. We, you know, it, it's just it, it, there's nothing in there that there's nothing in there to grab onto where you're where you're like oh all these things make sense it's just pretty much all the ineb- inevitability that comes up like what would happen if this guy rose to power well we'll show you but we'll show you without the story that leads to that hmm. and okay. um, no what here's where i disagree with you on that point mm-hmm. is that that's the perfect instead of what you see uh, in a lot of these movies is these arcs we talked about character arcs a, a while ago when you see these arcs where the guy that comes from nothing that has street smarts that becomes a big mogul and actually like becomes this uh, man of power and business and, and, you know, anticipates all the moves. This was not that. This was a drunk ass hustler, drug user uh, with a limited intelligence that just literally wanted to viscerally kill anybody in his way and just mitigated that enough to find some way to get to power and then the money and all that stuff. And that's why he has such a vicious downfall is that like he didn't he let his ego just go and he's complete id. There is no check to this guy except for those those little scenes at the beginning where he's trying to flirt with Michelle Pfeiffer and he puts on the hat and everything. You know, (laughs) he's got a few redeeming scenes, but overall, he's just like this ugly dude that does ugly things. And gets an ugly death for it, you know? And I, th- I think that's kind of the cool part of it. I think it's way too long, and it's you're right. It's way over the oh, top. My God, it's, it I is I think that's more Oliver Stone than long. it is Brian De Palma. Yeah, well, in Oliver Stone, I read a whole bunch on it, too, while I was, you know, preparing for this movie recipe. Like, Oliver Stone was actually dealing with his own cocaine problem while he wrote the script. and Shocking. And all that. And this was originally uh, supposed to be an actual remake of the 1932 Howard Hawks Scarface. Yeah, a little um, different. Yeah, a little different. Uh, I watched that one, too. Um, I saw... Um, uh, you know, the the original Scarface is uh, essentially about Al Capone, even though it's not it's not they don't name him in that. Um, uh, and then De Palma, uh, you know, of course, directs this. It's not about Al Capone, but then he goes and does the Untouchables, which is about Al Capone later on. Um, it's awesome. Which, yeah. Yeah. And the Untouchables is amazing. And, and, and you know, just for a De Palma movie, it's just it, it, it feels like it's losing. It's lost some of its 
he's lost some of his like uh, his mojo in this movie or something. I don't know. He doesn't do the same kind of De Palma esque techniques in this. Maybe he was trying to go for that. You know, well, I'm going to I'm going to make a studio picture here and I'm just going to, you know, behave or whatever. There's not very much in the way of De Palma-ness in this. But you, you, I think you're right about the Oliver Stone thing. And uh, and if you ever want to, <laughs> there's a great stand up act. Uh, it's a uh, there's a great stand up joke about this. John Mulaney does about Scarface. And he's like he talks about Scarface and he's like. He's like, Scarface uh, is, uh, he's like, it's a terrible movie or whatever. And he's like, he's like, well, okay, maybe it's, o- it's okay, but it's really terrible. Um, and he's like, he's like, but he's like, and, and he, but even if I say that Scarface is okay or whatever, I hate it when people put it together with other movies. Like I had a friend the other day who was like, I like the Godfather and Scarface. And he's like, that's like saying I like food. I like lobster and Skittles. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Speaking of Skittles, yeah. did you see that Kobe Bryant Ghostbusters commercial last night during the game? Kind of. Didn't see all of it, no. Well, it looks like a Skittles commercial. I don't know what the fuck that was. <laughs> um, 1983 was an unusual year uh, as far as like just lots of like, okay, so you had Octopussy, which was a a canon James Bond film, and then you had Never Say Never Again which was not a canon Bond film that took Sean Connery back into the role. Um, because one of the producers who got, who I either got fired or he quit back in the sixties, uh, had something left in his contract that said he could still make a Bond movie as long as it was a remake of Thunderball. And I have no idea why that is, why you would ever do that. And, uh, and those two faced off like in the same year, I guess, I think Octopussy may have came out the first, came out first and then never, never say never again came out later and Octopussy beat it. Um, because at that point everybody had accepted Roger Moore as James Bond, you know, and it, and it wasn't a retread. Um, but, uh, that was an interesting face off. Um, this was also the year of two Francis Ford Coppola movies that uh, adapted from S.E. Hinton novels with Matt Dillon in it. <laughs> Matt Dillon also was in a previous one the previous year. He was in Tex, another S.E. Hinton. He, he, his whole career is based on S.E. Hinton. That's crazy. Um, but uh, th- it was two adaptations from Francis Ford Coppola on S.E. Hinton novels. Um, and Stephen King had an amazing. I was just going to say there was another two, two for there. It, well, it's actually three because, uh, unless IMDB is fucking me, uh, which is very possible, but Christine Cujo and the dead zone all came out oh, in yeah, 1983. Yeah. Wow. Um, and, uh, the dead zone is, is a, is a great, uh, masterclass in Christopher Walken. You have to, you, you have to watch that. Uh, to complete your walking, if you're if you're really a walking fan, you got to watch Ted's up. Hmm. Um, uh, what else, guys? I, I know there's a few others here that you know. It, it feels like uh, I mean, there there are more substantial movies I should be talking about right now, but I'm I'm looking at all these comedies that I feel like get maybe a little boost from nostalgia. You know, we have like Trading Places and National mm-hmm. Lampoon's Vacation. Uh, movies that I think are funny, but not movies that I think are as funny as some of the more classic stuff that came a little, well, all around it, basically. Um, <clears throat> but, um, you know, The Big Chill is another big one we need to talk about. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. And that was uh, a big, you know, that was a huge movie. Uh, I don't yeah. know if it got most, 
you know, huge box office. But I know, you know, for people who were that age in that era, it was a lot like singles, the way that movie hit my generation when it came out. Yeah, yeah really think, influential. I think it's a pretty big, I mean, I think it was a pretty big movie. I've only seen it once. I didn't okay. really like it. Um, but um, but yeah, it's a big movie. What, what, uh, do you have much to say about this movie? I don't, I don't I know. I say about it. The, the soundtrack, the soundtrack was terrific. Oh, yeah. it, was, it was what, oh really, yeah, the soundtrack I mean, is great. It was basically like a template for what they in, uh, eventually did with Forrest Gump's soundtrack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just kind of, you know, get these, these golden oldies and everything. And, and it played a big part in the movie <clears throat> in terms of how they interacted. And there was a lot of songs played in the background and, I think they ended up singing a few of them, but I mean, it's really good. It's a murderer's row of like really great, like Smokey Robinson and the temptations. And one of my favorite bands of all time, three dog night that I think gets short shrift. Um, Marvin Gaye's got a couple of songs on there, but yeah, it's a, it's an awesome soundtrack. It's another, you know, this is the year of twos. I just realized we got Rick, risky business and all the right moves. There's two young Tom Cruise movies in this year. Yeah. Nice. And he was in the outsiders, you know, yeah. just for you know, like a brief moment, right. really. But right. But that was a big year point. for him. Can I ask real quick, what do you guys think about Trading Places? Because I think this really is like a hugely canonized movie that I think is really overrated. Uh, I think oh. it's overrated. Oh, fuck both of you. I love Trading Places. <laughs> <laughs> Trading Places. Gorilla? Oh, my God. Trading Places is hilarious, man. I, I watch that all the time. Oh, my God. Talk about something that goes off the rails in the third act. Yeah, though, right? but it ain't no fucking Scarface. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> There was probably the same amount of cocaine being ingested in that movie. Though. You're probably right. You're probably right. Did you guys ever see The Day After? Mm-mm. They showed this shit to us in school. This is the one about like nuclear holocaust and like. Whatever. Oh, I thought it was oh, about premarital sex. Bombs off. Oh. <laughs> the, the Jesus out of me for a long time because again, you know, I was eight when the movie came out. I think they showed it to me when I was in like fifth grade or something. I don't. Lord knows why it was Indiana. 25 years ago, I guess that kind of shit flew. Um, this was also the year of Videodrome, uh, mm-hmm. the David Cronenberg movie, mm-hmm. which is, mm-hmm. uh, uh, is, uh, what do you guys think of Videodrome? It's a, it's a movie that I, I really like it. It's just that it sometimes it's hard to just, you wish it would end a little quicker sometimes, but <laughs> it's, it's no, it's only 87 minutes, but it feels like it's five hours long sometimes, but, uh, it's really interesting. It's really creative. I don't know what you guys have. You ever seen Videodrome? I have never seen it. I saw it a, forever ago and really don't remember anything except for James Woods. Yeah, James Shrooms. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Well, and I'm I'm pretty sure this movie encourages that type of behavior <laughs> while you're watching it. Uh, but it's you know it's a movie about uh, people watching TV and having like you know sort of like a secret signals going into their head and um, then they start you know debating what's real and what's not and all that and there's a and there's a point where James Wood's hand turns into a gun and it's a flesh gun and oh, that's nice. David Cronenberg to your that's David Cronenberg for you. Yeah, um, <laughs> but it's an interesting movie. We should um, uh, probably talk about the right stuff, don't you? Don't you think? I, I was going to get to that. Yeah, um, the right stuff is is fantastic. Oh yeah, it's uh, not only a good movie; it's super long. Um, just know what you're getting into. Um, but it's one of those, you know, we talked about like Rathacon was a big like introduction to the sci-fi world for me in terms of like movies, and this. The right stuff was basically my introduction to NASA space, but you know, mm-hmm. science fiction that's real. Um, and it's it's hard as an eight-year-old, nine-year-old kid to watch this movie without just being enthralled by like, well, almost all of it. 
I love how it goes from it's it doesn't go straight into the space program. It talks about right. all the it's it's recruiting all these pilots yeah, and Chuck all Yeager, this other stuff. Chuck Yeager, yeah, and all that, and and uh, and and you know they're not sure if it's going to work or not, but they know that they got to get the guys who will be dumb enough, quote unquote, to to try something like this, and. Um, and it, you know, it takes its time, but I don't think there's really one minute of that movie that's not enthralling in no, some way. But it is really it, long. Oh, it's super long. But, uh, you know, I don't think there's ever once that I'm watching the right stuff going, man, I wish this was over right yeah. now. Because no, they agree. actually show all so many, so many great things in it. And I enjoy it immensely. Um, uh, Barrett, you got any others? I want to mention the th- the one that I've watched the most out of this year, A Christmas Story. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's got to be mentioned. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, as I looked over this list last, uh, I guess last night, I was thinking like that may actually get my vote. <laughs> like that's that's a really terrific comedy that holds up over repeated viewings. Yeah, of course, it's seasonal and everything, but it's really good. Like it's there's a reason that like It's a Wonderful Life uh, stands the test of time or White Christmas like Jeremy watches and A Christmas Story. This is this is a good film and it's relatable and it's funny and it's in the Midwest and, you know, those kind of like family values and everything. And it's got the iconic images of like the leg lamp and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Still in the background of the pardon the interruption guys and everything. Well, I, so. mean, it, I mean, this is probably because it's a period piece, but it, it holds up really well, I think. Like when I mm-hmm. watch it in modern times, I don't feel like it's dated at all. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, there's a reason why TNT plays this thing 24 hours yeah. on Christmas Day. Yes. And what's funny about <laughs> it is that you'll watch it and it comes back on again and you're like all right well, yeah, well i'll just watch it again <laughs> why not beats yeah. talking to my family yeah yeah well, we um, also have, anybody I, want to mention anything about superman 3 no uh, <laughs> no it, it, like it's like its main cultural uh <laughs> contribution is being an office space <laughs> so that's basically it <laughs> i would um, my comment on superman 3 would be let's not forget to mention war games also came out this year yes, Ooh, which yes. is i actually saw this again recently um and it does not hold up very well uh, at least in terms of feeling dated um, yeah uh, but at the time, you know, playing into the Cold War fears and the new boom in computers, I think it had an impact for at least a while there. And uh, most everybody I know my age saw it. Um, and again, and I'm, it's not going to get my vote. But, you know, at this point, I'm just trying to get to the movies that someone on Twitter is going to cuss us out for forgetting to mention. Yeah, I'll, I'll mention a few here. Uh, Mr. Mom is one that I used to watch all the time. It's mm-hmm. another it's another HBO classic for me. Like used Talk to watch about dated though. Right? Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> Come he's on. a guy yeah. and he's at home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and his wife works, and it's so, so terrible. What an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> but Michael Keaton is so good in this. Uh, oh, yeah. it, it's 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 basically a star making turn for him, and sure. he's so good. Um, but I, I used to watch Mr. Mom just it just all the time. It's amazing how many times that movie came on, and I used to always watch it. Um the uh another one that I saw uh silkwood uh i talked about last week how um, meryl streep doesn't seem to be in very many great movies but silkwood is probably my favorite meryl streep movie hmm. um uh, talking about the uh you know karen silkwood and how she worked at the nuclear power plant and 
um, or plutonium processing plant or whatever. Uh, and, uh, how, how she got sick and how she had information and how she mysteriously died, you know, and, uh, uh, good movie. Have you ever seen that? No. Mm-mm. Oh, Silkwood's really good. Um, going on the uh, list. Yeah, I would, I would, I would recommend it. It's not, it's definitely not great, but it's got some good scenes in it and, and it's, it's got a good story. So, um, I'm just thinking about, I don't know, Jeremy, you saw this probably. It was either on the subreddit or on Twitter or something like that, where somebody said, like, could you compile every single one of the movies that you mention on Sincast and put it in a spreadsheet? Thanks. (laughs) Thanks. I was thinking, like, how many fucking movies do we cover? Yeah. I do get a kick out of the people who are, like, intentionally trying to watch the ones that we really – talk about like a lot yeah. with a lot of respect like sneakers and uh, Glengarry Glen Ross and state and Maine. A lot of people like one guy tweeted me a week ago, like I've seen state and Maine and sneakers. Both were awesome. What's next? Yeah. Well, I mean, we've probably thrown out like a million movies and, and if we ever, you know, whatever we say, uh, something's good, then go for it. But, uh, I we, yeah, we're not going to compile that shit probably. Well, uh, <laughs> do you think we need to talk about Yentl or should we vote? Oh my God. Yentl. <laughs> I do want to bring up one thing that I ran across because <laughs> I'm not going to talk about Yentl. Um, <laughs> I have seen the movie though. Um, There's somebody out there listening to this like, man, I can't wait until they get to Yentl. They're going to get to Yentl. They're going to get to it. I've been waiting for it a long time. Imagine how the Scarface fans feel. Jesus. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh well. Yeah. I mean, you guys, I mean, what? Barrett loves it. I don't think we do, Jeremy. But no, I mean, I saw it once, didn't really like it, and mostly forgot it and relied. Yeah, on it. I, I think Scarface. By the way, I think Scarface does have that kind of uh, is dichotomy the right word? Um, yeah, where where people don't. There's a lot of people who love it. It launched a million rap albums. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it. <laughs> there's a lot of people who love Scarface, but then there's another section like there's a sizable section like us who hate it. Yeah. Um, but uh except for Barrett. And uh right. he'll he'll one day he'll one day start a rap album. He's already done it. I'm sure. Um but the, the there was one other one that can. I ran across. Well, one I ran across for 1983 uh is Zelig, a Woody Allen movie. Um it's a it's a fake documentary. Hmm. Oh and, yeah. Uh, and it's really good and and I was I was surprised to find out that uh that Zelig um, Gordon Willis did the cinematography and Gordon Willis is a legendary cinematographer and he did the Godfather and the Godfather two and all that. He didn't even get nominated for those movies. Oh. And, and he did for this and he won it. I believe, I think he won for Zelig. Uh, but Zelig is a really, if you haven't seen Zelig, this is a really interesting, one of those sort of deep tracks, Woody Allen movies that, uh, you know, I would, I would recommend going to see cause it's, uh, it's really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I would recommend Zelig, but anyway, uh, on the spreadsheet, yeah, it's going on the spreadsheet. Uh, so, uh, do, uh, what are we, how are we supposed to be voting this time, Barrett? Yeah. For this round, we're going Barrett, Jeremy and Chris. All right. Ooh, sweet. Okay. Chris has this deciding vote. I do. Unless we both vote the same thing. Yeah. All right, let's that hear it, Barrett. Possible. I, I bet it will be possible. I made a strong case to myself for Scarface, and I could, I personally can make a very good uh, argument for it, I think, 
as being a really influential, not just for hip hop, but like in general, um, it's a very influential movie style culture wise, but I can't really vote for it. <laughs> as I look at it, I, I swear to God, it's weird. I thought about Return of the Jedi, uh, but the one that I, I is my favorite out of this is uh, A Christmas Story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Okay. Number yeah, one. Uh, I have no qualms with that. Yeah, I mean, there's it's quality. We just mentioned it. It's a cultural impact out the ass. So uh, you, you'll get your you'll shoot your eye out. I think is still a quote all over the world. So yeah, yep. it's everywhere. Yeah. Oh yeah, I got I got no beef. That movie's the reason I know not to stick my tongue on you know frozen poles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I triple dog dare you. <laughs> I know, right? There's just yeah. so much in there. Yeah, it really is. Uh, and I, nothing's really been made like it since. Either. No, it's it. Well, Wonder Years reminds me of that. Movie, yeah. Right? Oh yeah, that Wonder Years definitely. Mm-hmm. But other than that, there's nothing else really quite like it out there. So I I I tip my hat to you, and uh, and I vote the right stuff. Mm. Uh, mm. I think Apollo 13 is fantastic. I think the right stuff is better. Um, I think Space Cowboys is terrible and the right stuff is better. Um, <laughs> I just, it's its a combination of nostalgia for me. Uh, I saw it at the right age when, you know, a young boy is going to be awed by the space program. But uh, let's not forget there's some really good talent in this movie. Really great actors uh, doing a really good job. It feels very realistic. Um, and uh, that's my pick. I'm just going to shrink over here and see what Chris does. Is that the first three plus hour movie that's been nominated? Maybe, but it's not a lot of three plus hour movies. Yeah. At least not before well, I mean, we had chances, but like when Gandhi didn't really have a chance. And I, although I don't know, did Gandhi hit three? I think it had, had to have hit three. It's close, but it was never going to be nominated for us um, anyway. But um, I'm actually surprised this is not going to go past one round. Oh, wow. Um, really? Yeah. I'm the right stuff all the way. Uh, on this. In your face, Barrett. Oh, yeah. In your face, uh, I don't have any problem. BB gun. I don't have any problem with a Christmas story at all. I, I, I don't. But when it just comes to um, just... I don't know when it comes to a movie, a movie that really makes you excited about space exploration yeah. and, and they tell the story so well, and there's not one boring minute in a three hour movie. I got to go for it, man. Yeah. Uh, the right stuff is, is, is my favorite out of this group. That's awesome. That's awesome. There was a, uh, this was an astronaut centric year. Wasn't Jack Nicholson's character in terms of endearment. Wasn't he an astronaut? Too? I think he was. Yeah. I think he was actually. Wow. Um, it's actually the only two, but of course, yeah, of course once we, once we, once we sign off, we'll find out that he was like, you know, um, a miner or something <laughs> He's like an that. Investment banker. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, uh, the, the Christmas story, I just saw that episode of Seinfeld yesterday where, Jerry helps Banya rewrite all his Ovaltine material. <laughs> <laughs> the can's round. The mug is round. They should call it round team. <laughs> yeah. 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 Anyway. That's gold, Jerry. It's gold. Pure gold. <laughs> the fucking right stuff, man. Yeah. Right stuff. Just, just one. I'm okay with that. Cause I, well, of course I voted for it, but your pick well, was good. Well, you didn't really say anything. Do you, do you protest on right stuff? No, you think I don't actually. It's a really good, Movie. Okay, I, would, I, I, totally. I mean, if, if, if I would let you have the forum here to say how much we're stupid for picking it, but uh, no, if you I like love it. it. I, I haven't watched it as much as you guys, and I don't, I don't, you know, value space travel. I think it's just a waste of time. 
I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, let's get Neil deGrasse Tyson on here. <laughs> you have a problem, sir. No, it was awesome. I just like the Christmas story better. But it's awesome. Good good pit. All yeah. Right. Okay. Right. Well, and that was way not populist. <laughs> way not populist. It didn't we, make a lot uh, of money. We was that? Did the right stuff make a lot of money? Uh, I'm not sure. No, I was. I thought that's what you were saying was way unpopular. What were you referring to? No, no, I said not populist. Oh. We've done the populist pick oh, uh, for the past few years. Um, it made in 1983. It made 21 million, which is probably who knows the today. I don't have the. Well, you know. considering how much Return of the Jedi probably made that year, it's not that good. <laughs> yeah, it's probably not uh, nearly that. But uh, but yeah, uh, I guess it's a modest hit back in 1983. All right. Um, all right so uh, that's our winner. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to uh, talk about our, we're going to dissect some of our sins that we make in our videos. Problem with you civilian suits. You want the results, but you don't want to know how the sausage gets made. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. There are seven deadly sins. The sin factor. It's a sin. Now, if you're listening to this and you don't know that we're Cinema Sins, hello. How you doing? Um... <laughs> How'd you get we, here? We yeah. How'd you get here? We make uh, we make snarky videos on the internet. Um, we're going to be talking about that today. Um, and uh, so, uh, Jeremy, you want to take it away on this? I will. I will uh, start us off. Um, so, I think the uh, unofficial subtitle of this discussion has been called uh, "How the Sausage Is Made." Mm -hmm. um, and mm -hmm. mostly, we're just going to talk a little bit about um, some of the sins that we have written that were changed over the course of editing or were cut for various reasons before the final video came out. At least that's what I prepared to do. Okay. Uh, and, yeah. and I, and I also uh, went through and I talked to, I, uh, I found some stuff where we argued about nice. uh, certain sins nice. and nice. Uh, stuff like that. And, and other, and other, you know, I, I've also picked the ones where we cut them too, but I've got, you know, a good, a, a decent little list here. That, we, uh, for the record, I've been asked this too. Uh, we, we rarely argue about the sins. Now I think we argued a lot more the first six months until we sort of learned each other enough to know, you know, when an argument is not worth having and when it, when it is. And I think we've also sort of honed the vision of what we're trying to do and started anticipating each other and the way we write and all that sort of stuff. But um, a very recent one that I wanted to talk about was from the movie Goosebumps, where mm -hmm. um, the nerdy kid um, somehow summons the courage to attack the werewolf that is about to eat the pretty girl that he would never have a chance with, who will tongue kiss him after he does this. Um, <clears throat> and he chooses to jump on the back of the werewolf and bite it. Right. And we had this sin in there written where it was like, what are the, it was like a, it was one of our, what we call rant sins. Anything that goes over three or four sentences is kind of a rant sin. And it was like, what are the transitive properties of a man biting a werewolf? Will a man become a werewolf? Will the werewolf become a man? And it just kind of goes on like that. And um, so Chris's note on the script and the way this works, I think we've talked about the process of making the videos before, but uh, we have two writers and then Chris and I write. And then one, Chris or I will combine the scripts and send to the other one as sort of a, here's what I think the script should be. And that guy gets to make notes all the way down the side in, in Microsoft Word. Um, and so Chris's note was, well, that, that um, X-Files, you know, re miniseries thing that just came out sort of kind of talked about this topic on one episode. And I don't really want to step on that or be accused of ripping it off. Now, I hadn't seen that, um, which is why I approved that sin before I sent it to Chris. So I was like, all right, well, I'll, rather than renumbering, because renumbering at 
at this phase in the, of the video's life is just a pain in the ass because you have to drag a single title over for every single number in the sin counter if you take oh, one out. I'm glad you said this because there's a better way to do it. Oh, excellent. <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you of this better way. You know, um, I only like 10 months ago realized there was a button I could click to separate the video and audio tracks from each other and do whatever I wanted with them. Like I'm yeah. like, I'm a complete noob when it comes to this, even though I've been doing it for three and a half years. Anyway, yeah, I don't, I, 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 needless to say, I don't do that. And there's a, there's a way to do it. That's still like, it's still not like uh, great. It's not like you're going to, you know, sip tea to it, but right. it's, uh, it's a good way. Anyway, All right, go good to know. Well, uh, so this was right around the time we were in DC doing the movie recipes. I had sent the script to Chris, and I think we were in the airport actually in DC, and I was reading the end of The Martian, and Chris was Chris was either watching this video or looking at the script and giving me notes. And the note was basically, I don't want to step on this X Files thing. So, so I emailed him back and said, "All right, I have I have changed it to something short and completely different that I think is really funny," and. Uh, What's hilarious to me, I ended up changing that sin to uh, Man Bites Dog, uh, which is sort of refers to the thing in journalism where sensational, unique, never heard stories are going to be more read than common everyday occurrences, right? So Man Bites Dog is a a more clickable headline than Dog Bites Man. I think there's even a movie called Man Bites Dog. Yes, there is. Um, Mm -hmm. And what's hilarious is before he even watched it, Chris thought, well, man, my man, my bites dog might work there and, and emailed me. And I was just like, holy shit. Like, and then after he watched it, I was like, well, what do you, what did you think after you saw what I changed it to that you had predicted the very thing I did? And that, that, I mean, we write a lot of the same moments and we write a lot of the same thoughts sometimes, but I don't think we've ever like rewritten a sin the exact same way before. And that kind of blew my mind. Yeah. I, uh, just uh, when I watched it and this was, this was the actual completed video, okay, um, right. that I was watching in the airport. And, uh, and, um, so it got to that point and I, I, when I, I actually read over the script and I just, I didn't even think about it until I watched the, watched the video and I was like, man, there was that, X-Files, and it was actually one of the more maligned new X-Files episodes because it was a comedy X-Files and it had, you know, it had Reese Darby in it and everything. And he's like the werewolf (laughs) and it goes through, it it actually does that very thing. It basically talks about it. And so, yeah, I I was, I was actually, yeah, it was the, I was just like, we, someone's going to say that we, we took that from the X-Files, that observation, even though, you know, I, who knows we, we did get it from uh, other writers. So who knows if they had that sort of swirling around their head when they, when they said that, but, um, but like, um, uh, yeah, I said, I said, if he changes it, man bites dog would be a nice, easy one. It'll shorten the video down a little bit and everything. And sure enough, that's what it was. That's all. And I was, and and watching the video, the second, the second version, I was like, oh my God, he's changed it to that very thing. <laughs> so it well, was exciting. And, you know, I think what, what I find, at least when I was doing research for this podcast is that we, I mean, we usually improve things when we do this kind of thing, right? Like I think man bites dog is a much funnier, shorter, snappier way to, to chip at that moment than a four sentence, you know, hilarious scientific wondering about, you know, what would happen. (laughs) Right. Right. Oftentimes when we, when we find these and go, let's rewrite this or let's find a different observation to make, uh, we end up finding even something better. Um, so anyway, uh, that's my first story. Uh, what do you got, Chris? Okay. Um, 
the first the first thing that I thought about when this topic came up was a sin that came up in the Conjuring. Um, and I don't know if you remember this, Jeremy, but that we were up like three or four a.m. in the morning, uh, going back and forth on this one sin, and it was the best Latin I've ever heard. Sin, do you remember this? I, I do remember. I didn't remember it was three or four in the morning, but I do remember going back and forth on the Latin. So. Well, because it's funny because. Um, a lot of times what will happen is I'll send an email and then like, you'll go and do something or whatever, and then send back another email. By that time that email comes in, I'm like, I've already sort of maybe possibly changed my mind about this or whatever. Um, uh, but it wasn't like that. It was just, it, we had a lot, we had some delay in getting back to each other because it was three or four in the morning. It was the, it was the morning before launch, all this other stuff, but the best Latin I've ever heard one, uh, the original, the way it was written. And I don't think this is how it is in the video. I did not check, but, um, the Senate, the sin says, okay, a few things here because Patrick Wilson is talking about, uh, somebody he encountered that spoke the best Latin he ever heard and he spoke <laughs> it backwards. And so it says, okay, a few things here. Latin is a dead language. No one alive today knows what good speaking Latin sounds like. Also, how can you tell someone's Latin is good if it's being spoken backwards? How can you even tell it's Latin at all? <laughs> and uh, I wrote that, right? Yes, you did. Okay. And, uh, and so uh, when I, when I saw it, I think we changed it uh, to something else. And, but it was, uh, whatever, whatever I suggested we change it to. Cause I've, I read the email today. I, I actually found the email. Um, it, you know, whatever we changed it to didn't change the fact that I thought it was kind of silly that we were calling somebody out for saying they've heard the best Latin they've ever heard. Um, <laughs> because, because to me, it's like, if you've heard enough Latin, or whatever, then, then, you know, like, you know, okay, that guy speaks it well, even though we've never heard it before. And I, and I, and I said, it's kind of like, it's kind of like if, uh, you know, I like potato salad, but I've never eaten the first potato salad that was ever made. <laughs> so, so how do I know that's the best potato salad? And then Jeremy came back and said, yeah, but you see the difference, right? You see the difference between, um, because everybody's had tasty potato salad before. <laughs> Not everybody's heard Latin. And, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and so it went back and forth like that. And I was like, man, I just don't, I just don't know why, why we're just sort of, you know, why we're calling this guy out for, for saying something that seemed like a character thing to me and everything. And, uh, and so like, uh, he, Jeremy writes a, Jeremy writes a thing and I'm like, okay, all right, I guess, I guess I can see where you're coming from. And so I write back to him, uh, but by the time I finish writing back to him, he's like, I cut it out. And like, <laughs> and, and, and like, and I was like, I was like, but you convinced me it's good. And so then you put it back in and like, and then it, and so we published it the next day. And I remember you actually having a comment like discussion with somebody who was like <laughs> about that, that one particular sin too. And I was like sitting there going, yeah, that's pretty much what I expected. <laughs> But I can see where you're coming from because, yeah, I mean, who who knows what real Latin really sounds like or whatever. But 
I was just like, God, we got to cut this because this is going to just going to raise too many eyebrows and we're just going to just open up that can of worms and everything. And uh, it'll be just it'll it won't be as big, uh, but it will be just like that gravity sin and in, in <laughs> Avengers, which I'm sure you'll bring up. Oh, well, uh, no, I wasn't going to bring that one up. Um, you know, you know, people who want to hate on us know that we just misspoke and people that like us know that we just misspoke. Um, yeah. The point was that well, Tony shouldn't have fallen down into that goddamn portal. Um, well, what I'm saying, what, what, what I, what I think a lot of people don't realize is that the format of these videos, a lot of times, uh, especially back then when we were trying to make them three or four minutes, right. uh, we were specifically trying to make them that we didn't have room to rant a lot. Right. And there wasn't a lot of chance to sort of explain ourselves. And, and, and one of the reasons why the videos got much, got a little bit longer is because we started, you know, well, okay, we need to actually show the footage. Right. We need to say, Hey, okay, we know where the movie's coming from, but all these little phrases that we put in there now. Um, and, and so that's what, you know, that's what happens is that you try to say something fast and, and people will call you out on the, all the little omissions and errors well, that you made. We, we, you know, for the record, I get that, right? Like we, yeah by making the videos that we do, we sort of encourage that kind of behavior. So, oh, yeah. um, you know, I'm able to laugh most of that off. I really, am. I don't, um, well, I don't mean to say that like, you know, like I'm upset no, about it. No. It's just, it's just that that's the way. It's the way it is, and, and I, I totally agree. If Neil deGrasse Tyson is going to make three videos with us after we said the phrase, there's no gravity in space, then maybe some other people can forgive us, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and, and another sort of case in point, even though I didn't write this down, uh, I did something similar to that in, uh, I believe it was the first Star Trek, JJ, the J.J. Abrams Star Trek, hmm. where I said something about... Um, you know, they said something about how uh, Vulcans are are basically the same as this one race because they had they share a common ancestor or yeah. something like that. Yeah. What's that? It's Romulans. Romulans. Yeah. It was Romulans. Yeah. And uh, and and then I said something like, "That's like saying humans come from monkeys, but I know everything about you know social grooming or whatever." <laughs> and and. And so many people are like, humans don't come from monkeys. They have a common ancestor. And like, yeah, I know. It's not I'll what I'm trying you to say. Call it an ape or a gorilla instead of a chimpanzee. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, it was all about the speed and trying to get an observation in. And so, and say, I hope you get the point. And then a lot yeah. of people would be like, okay, I get the point. But okay, my OCD is acting up here. And I'm going to have to tell you, you know, yeah, that type of thing. Totally, so totally. What people don't understand, what they should understand understand is how much time you guys spend on logic and reason with these things and and just an absurd amount of like thought about something that you wouldn't really think about and be like well let's let's really explore the meaning behind that and everything and some of them are just jokes and some of them are just you know observations and everything but there's a lot of thought oh god is inception on your list to talk about chris oh god there's a it's not on my list but i remember a lot about it we went back and forth and we weren't necessarily arguing we were just really trying to double check on that movie because well yeah and even even after double checking the problem with inception and and and, you know I, i don't think we could have gone this long without doing it but the thing about inception that especially in the early days, it was so hard 
is that there's no real thing that you can grab onto to say, this is dream. This is reality. There's a lot of interpretation at the end. And there's also that great video. And I don't remember the guy's name. Unfortunately, I would, I, I, I'd like to direct people to that video, but uh, there's a great video where the guy talks. There's a guy that talks about inception, to a, like a classroom and he goes through all the different things, uh, you know, about the totems and, uh, you know, about what's, what's real and what's not. And of course we have an unreliable narrator in yeah. that movie too. Yeah. And so some of the sins in that you can probably explain, explain away by saying, well, it's actually a dream and it's not real and all that. But you know, that's one, that's one thing that inception does is it tries so hard to be airtight. And I love Inception. Inception is one of my favorite movies. Don't get, yeah, don't get me wrong. Um, but uh, Inception tries so hard to be airtight about everything that it it's kind of a it's a little bit of a letdown when you can't grab on to anything in that movie sure. and say this is what happened and this is true and yeah okay interpretation and all that you know <laughs> sure you know it's it's a fun fun thing to do with movies but I do remember gosh we. I think I watched that movie three times. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we would rarely hard. ever do rarely ever watch a movie more than that um, to do a sins video. And back then, yeah, I watched it like three or four times. Well, and Barrett, the reason I think people don't think about or realize like how much back and forth and logic and discussion goes into the sins is that we, we make the no gravity in space, final fantasy 12 instead of final fantasy seven type mistakes. Cause we're human, but then I, you know, usually it's me, but then we also go out of our way to make intentionally ignorant statements. Like where I called the actual Leonard Cohen, hallelujah, yeah. a terrible cover of hallelujah, because that yeah. makes me giggle. And, and so we don't do ourselves any favors in that regard. We just, we sort of teach people, uh, we get a lot of stuff wrong and, you know, de- determining what's real and what's on purpose and what's not, you know, it's a, it can't be easy. Well, and that's the, that's the unfortunate part of it is that, yes, we make our own mistakes on these videos all the time. And, and like, uh, when we do something intentionally ignorant, like that Leonard Cohen thing, um, you know, people just say, well, that's them fucking up again. But man, so many times, uh, I, I look at the intentionally ignorant ones and maybe I just can't tell the difference because I'm too close to the joke. Uh, but uh, I feel like the intentionally ignorant ones are so yeah, ignorant pretty, that you should know <laughs> that we we did that on purpose, and and uh, and we did the same thing. I don't remember there were a couple others in that Watchmen video, which is one of our most maligned videos we've ever done. Uh, we did as we did. Title, se- right? What's that? Yeah, isn't fr- there fruer or less? Yeah, yeah, Frewer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, It's uh, Frewer instead of less. Um, because a lot, so many people are like, you know, this is 15 minutes or or fewer, right? Because less is not the right term, and everything's like, yeah, we know it's not a snappy. And uh, but like, so like for Watchmen, I was like, oh, Matt Frewer is in this, let's make it. 15 or you know, it was it 20 <laughs> minutes or fruer and uh and and so yeah the smiley face on mars which we only send mainly because it's just so prominent in the movie they always looking for a reason to put fucking smiley faces in the movie and everything no shit. yeah it might be real but it doesn't matter it doesn't matter that it's real <clears throat> so so like yeah that stuff happens all the time and i don't know <laughs> it's like i'm sorry if we make mistakes occasionally but we're also doing a lot of stuff and fun and in jest so yeah. keep that in mind too i mean what's the well, average uh, anyway average send count for for a movie i mean you're it's usually 130 is usually max right yeah 130 is about average these days um 
mainly because it's, it, I, I don't know what it is, uh, and it, it's kind of a coincidence, but I remember when uh, a lot of these videos, when they'd start getting uh, cut down or whatever, 130 to whatever is just like a perfect, uh, it's like a perfect time to get to around 15 minutes. We don't try to get to 15 minutes, uh-huh. but but you know, like those are like, yeah, the 130 is usually like, like your average or whatever. But then every once in a while, there's something that's gets in the 150, maybe the 160, 170. I will cryptically uh, tell you, there's a couple coming up in the next couple of weeks that are going to be well under a hundred. Yeah. And, uh, those are, I mean, I, I, I'm interested to see how people are going to take those because we're so used to doing, you know, huge hundred and something plus send videos right. that, you know, when, when you start coming out with stuff that's going to have, you know, 60, 70, 80, like the old days, uh, you know, how are they going to react? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and uh, sometimes movies, you know, don't have sins, not because they're great, but because they just are really boring. Right, and have well, long stretches of nothing or something like that, and so like yeah. if we were to send No Country for Old Men, which mm-hmm. we probably won't ever do, uh, it might have fifty, if not less, right? Because yeah. a, it's a great movie, and b, it's just so slow and methodical, and like if somebody's driving from one place to another, you're going the whole fucking trip, man. You're with them, and that, I'm not going to sin that. This car ride is boring, ding. Like, and so yeah. sometimes a movie just doesn't present sins the same way as a common movie would. So yeah, it's like uh, Star Trek: The Motion Picture, which we recently right. did, is uh, is filled with long takes of just nothingness, mm. and. Uh, and it's obvious they're like trying to go for some 2001 thing, but you know what Kubrick did in 2001 was he made that shit interesting yeah. and, it, and it, and it moved fast, yeah. you know, whereas in motion picture, it's like, you know, they're just kind of slowly. And, and my favorite, my favorite sins that, that I personally wrote in that one is just how many times bones just walks in <laughs> and looks concerned and then just walks out. <laughs> And it does nothing. He's never, he's never given any dialogue or anything. He just walks in. It's like, oh, there's bones. And then like five minutes later, he's walking out the door and then he comes back in later. You know, I just love, I just love that. Cause that's how boring that movie is. They have to like, you know, Hey bones, let's have you do something and <laughs> have you walk out. Well, this is a really good place. If you don't mind to segue into my next, uh, sin dissection, how the sausage is made, because it's about okay. Khan. Uh, which okay. Is yeah, I know movie. what you're about to say. <laughs> now, we go on a little bit of a run here in this movie when Scotty carries up the dying, burned trainee from engineering all the way to the goddamn bridge to, yeah. to, to show us, oh, look at the carnage. Then I presumably he takes him to sick pay for treatment, where we later see him still being upset about it. And a lot of fans have told me uh, since that video came out that in some kind of deleted scene, um, it's mentioned that that's Scotty's nephew. Oh, which does certainly add some explanation for the way Scotty behaves, but still doesn't explain why he takes the kid all the way to the bridge before taking him to sick bay <laughs> and why he yeah. leaves his post for so goddamn long. But there was another right. run of sins that Chris and I both loved, most of which I wrote um, toward the end when Spock decides, oh, I need to go kill myself to save this ship. And and he decides to go down to engineering and we see him we see him get on a turbo lift on the bridge but then the next time we see him he's like climbing down this tiny little chute and ladder thing and then we cut to another shot of engineering and he's climbing down some other ladder thing and then later when kirk is called to the to the engineering and you gotta better get down here hurry 
he takes the same route. And I wrote the sin about, is this how fucking Scotty carried that body all the way up to the bridge on the goddamn ladder? Is this the only way to get to engineering? <laughs> and uh, when I was going over, this was another one of those DC, I think, things where I was in kind of a hurry, but I reluctantly had to cut that that stuff because going through the sins video there's a sin like six sins prior when kirk beams back from the genesis lab to the planet where nimoy says to him the turbolifts aren't working below deck c and i was like fuck that's why i got to take the ladder all the way to engineering because the turbolifts are broken but in hindsight we could have left it in because there's still no way for scotty have gotten to up gotten up to the bridge with that body because the turbo lifts that are damaged when, when Kirk returns from Genesis are to the recently somewhat repaired Enterprise. Those turbo lifts still aren't working. They would have been broken from the blast that burned this intern that Scotty carries up to the bridge. So I still oh, think we were right yeah. because those turbo lifts should not have been going from engineering anywhere from the moment of that first attack by Reliant. Um, mm. But anyway, we cut those sins. It broke our hearts. We both thought they were very funny. Uh, just the, the mental image of Scotty trying to climb a ladder with a burned body. Uh, oh, my God. Um, it, it was like it's it. you hate it when you cut something like that because it's so perfect. Like if it's if you, you know, if you ju can just ignore the convenience of the, yeah. of the facts, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's perfect. Uh, and uh, and uh, yeah, you cut those out. And you're like, damn, those would have been great yep. oh it would have been so fantastic it sort of reminds me you had a story about now you see me right i don't know yeah. if you've ever told told that story about the seats Not in the there market. and you had this whole thing go ahead and yeah I, uh, well and now me now you see me in the, the the opening magic trick where they send the guy to france to steal the bank they like call out a seat number and i i spent god maybe an hour like zooming and counting and whatnot and, and ultimately trying to prove that is not the seat number that guy would have been sitting in uh, because it was some like it was some small number like a4 or whatever and he was all the way over on the end of the row and i wrote this whole thing only at the very end realize he was in one of those fucking split rows where people walk out of the arena underneath so there's like four seats on one side four on the other so of course he's in like seat six because there's only eight <laughs> seats in the row about 25 or whatever and it, it killed me not just because i enjoyed the observation but i wasted so much time <laughs> like, oh, it I know. really bothers me to waste that time and be stupid but you know yeah, there's so many times where you're like, I wonder if that's actually possible. So you go through like a little wormhole on the internet and like start looking up facts and stuff that you can try to verify and everything. And, you know, after a while, it's like 30 minutes have passed by where you're trying to just pinpoint this one thing. And then finally, just you just go, all right, what well, I guess there's gone, man. Like you did a deep dive of research on some gun model and found the exact replica. It doesn't matter. Somebody's going to tell us we got the wrong model of gun every oh, time yeah. we point it out we did it i did it in robocop because there's a there's a there's actually a website called the internet movie firearms database <laughs> or something like that um and uh and so uh in robocop there's a there's a moment in there where they're all shooting at robocop in the parking garage and uh and like everybody's got these awesome shotguns except this one dude <laughs> Just this one dude as like a little pea shooter thing trying to shoot RoboCop, which is, a, you know, laughable. And uh, and uh, so, like, I wrote a thing about, like, how does this guy get the little pea shooter and all that? And I was like, you know, what would be kind of cool as we figure out what the actual gun is. And so I went to that 
that website and I found out that they're like uh, uh, Mossberg bullpup shotguns or something like that. And, uh, and uh, uh, we put that in the sin. It's like, all, all you guys get, you know, Mossberg bullpup shotguns. This guy over here, he gets the, you know, a water gun or whatever. And, uh, and, and then I think there were all these comments saying, those aren't, those aren't those guns. That's this and that. And the other thing or whatever. And it's like, okay, I guess can't win. Yeah. You know, you know what I meant, but yeah. all right, whatever. I mean, <laughs> I guess, what? I mean, what's funny to me is that I feel like there's a grand Canyon between, you know, some casual research and actual expertise that people expect us to be able to make up. Right. Like I didn't right. fight in desert storm. I don't know the goddamn <laughs> names of the different bullet types. I mean, do yeah. a little Googling. We're comedians. We're not like experts in everything. So you know, if we get close, you know, we're generally okay with it. <laughs> well, and a lot of times if we're getting something wrong, it's not the sin that we think is wrong. It's just some sort of fact right. we've thrown right. in. That, you know, well, it's the gravity that, and space thing, right? We were, I am a hundred percent dead right about that sin, but because we phrased mm-hmm. it wrong, that's all anybody can see. Yeah, and that's the unfortunate part of it. But again, it comes with the territory where we, you know, we can accept it and we're okay. we're dealing with. I it. wouldn't write intentionally ignorant sins like the Leonard Cohen thing if I couldn't deal with it. I would just. Yeah, I would, I would that's be true because you know fact checking everything. Yeah, because you know that's what uh, is immediately going to come to the. You know, there's going to be 50 people who tell you how wrong you are about it. And, uh, yeah, you wouldn't do that without being able to take the abuse. (laughs) You know, you're going to get it. Yep. Um, okay. So, uh, I got a three pronged one on dark Knight. Um, uh, there's there's one that we cut. There's one that the fans came out in droves that was weird about. And, uh, and then there's one that, uh, I wrote that, um, that, uh, you know, it's when you're trying to come up with this quote unquote character that we're, that we've made for this, you know, this video for these videos, you're trying to come up with something that he would say that possibly will piss somebody off. Right. So, so I, I wrote it this way, but unfortunately you can't really separate yourself from, um, from what you do and how you actually are. So there was one, uh, there's one in there where Bruce Wayne, he has the, he has this technology where he's able to reconstruct fingerprints from a shattered bullet. Yeah. That's good stuff. And yeah. And, uh, and, and I'm like, I'm like, so I, I wrote this thing that said, Bruce Wayne has a technology to reconstruct fingerprints from a shattered bullet that went through a brick. So why hasn't he also invented time travel or a girl that has <laughs> orgasms? <laughs> and so obviously you had a bunch of people who came on there and said um, that, you know, Oh sure. Blame the woman for not being able to have orgasms and women can have orgasms and all these different things that were like, okay, not the point, just throwing in a stupid joke. And, you know, there was like, I remember, uh, you know, people saying like, Oh, this is like 1980 standup comedy, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, wasn't making an observation like a standup comic would. I'm just saying, I'm just putting that in a character's mouth. Well, who's trying to piss you off. And I'm going to so deal with women not having orgasms. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to rudely interrupt your three pong, three prong attack for just one second. Well, similarly in the dark Knight rises, we have the uh, Catwoman's like apartment dwelling 
roommate, and there's a sin in there where we're like, look at this bitch. <laughs> and we're sexist for using yeah. the word bitch, even though A, in the movie, character's kind of a bitch. Um, yeah. And B, that's that's not what we meant. And C, we, it's a, this is a persona that the nerd who lives in his parents' basement who thinks he knows everything and is very often wrong would definitely call that character a bitch. Um, right. And so to be true to the – you may not think what we do is funny. And, and anybody who tells me I hate your videos because they're not funny, I, I actually – I don't spend any time thinking about that. That's great. Go on your way. I get it. Comedy is subjective. But yep. uh, this is comedy. We're, we're, we're not trying to accurately count all of a movie's actual mistakes. And the, the people who hate us, uh, they think that's actually what we're trying to do, most of them, many of them. And uh, that is not the case. So anyway, yeah, the, the Dark Knight trilogy was full of sins like this that brought out the ire and then completely miss a missed the point of the sin, like that Anne Hathaway's roommate character is completely worthless and just tacked on. And, and you know, they focus on the, the wording or what have you. But what are you going to do? Yeah. yeah. And I, I just, I, I thought it, I, I thought the line was funny because I'm equating uh, an invention like time travel. Right. With women having orgasms, which is so absurd. Right. And, uh, take and that seriously. Yeah. And of course, yeah. I mean, it, it, the many things that people bring up to say that we're sexist, you know, that's, you know, one of those type of things or whatever. I saw some asshole on Twitter was like, they're also sexist because every time a woman's on screen, they say the scene doesn't have a lap dance. And I'm like, oh my God, where do I start with you? Like, Every scene that a woman's on screen, we do that. We haven't done that joke in two and a half years, goddammit. Yeah, and then when we do, it's sort of a, an ironic callback to we it. We did or it with whatever. James Bond and Silva in Skyfall. Like, it's not yep. a woman thing. It's just, oh, God, it's just, it's just <laughs> a joke, people. Like, stop taking us yeah. so seriously. Um, the other, the, another one that was interesting on The Dark Knight um, was the. One where Batman rounds up one of the uh, Joker's goons or whatever after that big uh, shooting uh, in uh, it's the mayor speech and all that yeah. and all the all that stuff happens and he rounds up this one guy and uh, and Batman says he's his his name is blah 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 he's from Arkham Asylum and all that and uh, I was like how the fuck does he know that <laughs> how does he know that dude. Does he have a roster of Arkham Asylum like in his head? And I'm sure there's some people who are like, yeah, he totally does. He's I mean, he yeah, he's Batman. Um, but so that was basically what the sin was, was how the fuck does he know this guy? And uh, and so many people were like, well, that's the guy who played Scarecrow in the last movie. Yeah. Duh. What the fuck? And, and I was like, how can you confuse this dude with Killian Murphy? Yeah. How in the world can you do that? But there were a lot of people who said there that. were, and there were a lot of people who thumbed it up too. Well, and, and I was like, that actor's in this movie. Like, I think we've said this before. He's in all three movies. Like yeah. the guy you're saying this is, is in the movie at another point And it looks nothing like it. Yeah. And uh, that guy's name is like something like David Destmalkin or something like that. He was an Ant-Man. He was one of the uh, crew in Ant-Man, too. But um, but that was such a weird one for me. It, it, when we used to do comments a lot, I was always interested at a lot of the stuff that people would come up with as far as w what the mistakes we made. That one... Uh, the one in Iron Man two where they where uh, I said that Tony's in Queens and he flies to a rooftop in Queens or whatever, and somebody was like, "No, nope, Tony lives in Malibu. That's not Queens." <laughs> and I'm like, and I was like sitting there going, "I fucking lived in Queens, and I know that I know that he's in Queens because they're in that uh, 
they're in that expo center at the end. And like they, yeah. he, he flew to New York yeah. and all that. So, so I know he's in Queens, but there, he said, Oh no, Tony lives in Malibu. He's not, he's in Malibu there. And I'm like, and there were like 50 people who were like, yeah, totally. And I yeah. was like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And, and, uh, what was it? The other one, I, I guess this is so, somewhat devolving into comments we got, yeah. but, um, okay. but, it, but, uh, it reminds me also the, remember the, uh, Lord of the Rings when, um, when Arwen calls, uh, oh, the river Jesus. to, well, and we, we, we bring that up and somebody was like, Oh, Arwen was not the one who was calling that it was Elrond. And I was like, it was, there's a fucking chant. Like she, she says a fucking chant. Yeah. And I understand that in the books, they may, Elrond might've been the one that called the river and everything. But in the movie, Arwen, who doesn't even exist. Uh, I mean the, the books, he doesn't even exist in the books is the one who's chanting that. Well, I think she exists in the book, but only for like two sentences. Well, yeah, she's not, she's not like a character you'd put Liv Tyler in. had to beef up the love story because humans don't care if there's not a love story. Right. We'll get into this <laughs> yeah. soon with a, an upcoming sins video where humans apparently don't care if there's not a child involved, but right. Um, the last thing about the dark Knight, and there's actually, I mean, there was also that one where we did, I guess, make a mistake where we were talking about how the pencil went through the guy's head and everybody was like, it went through the eyeball, not the head, yeah. you know, uh, I don't really care. I just wanted to put that Vsauce joke in there. Um, but, uh, the, the dark Knight, there was one in the script phase uh, where, and, 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 and this is early on where we're not totally writing scripts the way we do now. Right. Like a lot of the early ones, uh, there's like notes on my iPhone that I then transferred over to an email yeah. and then sent to you. And then sometimes I would write just in the email. And then finally it was like, okay, let's combine this through word documents. That's a lot easier. Um, but uh, there was one I remember. I think I, I think I did the combine on the Dark Knight, and there was a sin that Jeremy wrote that uh, it, it definitely needed to be in there. But I didn't understand it. And of course, when you're combining the script, you're just like, "Well, that needs to go. That needs to go. That needs to go. This stays. This stays. So on and so forth." And you don't even think about it. But uh, one of the ones that people were like, "Why didn't you say anything about this?" was one that I cut. And I, and it was just cause I didn't understand because the way we wrote scripts back then, right. there was no description of as to what was happening in the scene. And, uh, and there's a part. And so all the entry said was, here's the time code. And then it said, and then Batman left the Joker at the party and you know, where he killed everybody. And I was <laughs> like, what? Okay. I don't get it, but all right, I cut it. And I didn't even ask a question about it. Uh, but, yeah, the the scene where he throws Rachel out the window and Batman jumps out after her and all that. Well, Joker's still up in his penthouse with the partygoers and everything. And 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 I and you know, it's like, what happened? Did he just leave? Did he just kind of like excuse himself and say, "Well, okay, I guess I did my How job." Did that go down. And yeah, so I completely just didn't understand it and didn't even think oh, I need to ask Jeremy about this because it was just like it just felt like an observation that was not important at all. So I took it out. And then, yeah, of course, a lot of people were like, why didn't you say anything about that? That's one of the biggest things about that movie. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit, I was mortified. Yeah, well, that shit happens. We're just ready to go into questions. OK, let's do it. Question. Question. I got something to say. I want the truth. I am listening. All right, so um, <clears throat> this question, which I think will eat up all of our question time for this podcast because it's kind of meaty, 
Um, comes to us from Twitter, uh, actively trying to find the person who sent it so I can shout them out, and I'm not succeeding, so I'm an asshole. But the question was, movies we really liked, but don't ever want to see again. Mm. Um, and I can think of several, but the, the first and most recent that springs to mind is 12 Years a Slave. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't know if you guys have seen this movie. There's, a, there's one yeah. scene of, of him being basically paddled. And then there's another scene later of somebody being hung. Um, and they're both so uncomfortably long that, like, I almost got tears. It was going on so long. And, and that is the point, right? Because that is what these people faced. Um, right. And that is why it's in there. And that's why the movie is important. Um, but having seen that movie once and learned its lessons and understood its message, uh, those two particular scenes are so uncomfortable for me. I'm not sure I can ever sit through them again. I don't know how you guys feel about that movie, but. Yeah. I yeah. actually got a similar feeling. It's a much different, it's a much different movie, but I got that feeling in Django Unchained actually. Mm. Uh, mm. Specifically the, where he's hanging upside down, uh, and towards the end of the, the film and everything, and they're taking the, the hot pokers and everything and, you know, basically about to castrate him. And that thing goes on and on and on and just squirming and you're like, oh, man. Yeah. And the, the opening shot of that is just like staring at him from behind and just kind of like, you know, doing that whole shot. And it was, uh, it's that sort of torturous thing that is, is not very comfortable, actually. Yeah, right. I agree. And I guess – and this this sort of this question sort of lends itself to these type of movies right yeah, i mean sure. yeah. i mean schindler's list is another yeah. one right you yeah. know the, the just okay we 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 see this and we understand we don't truly understand but we we understand that this is a horrible horrible thing that should never happen again and it's uh you know it's very well made and very well done like i don't think I have seen Schindler's List since I first saw it in the theater. Um, but I, I've seen scenes of it and everything. There's a lot of like great scenes when you're talking about like Liam Neeson and Ben Kingsley and all that. Yeah. Um, and th those are, those are great scenes to watch, but I don't need to see Schindler's List again. I don't really yeah, need to. And it's, at the same time, I totally get why this is on your list for this, you know, this question. Although I've, I've probably seen Schindler's List eight or nine times. Like, mm -hmm. it's not it's not on that list for me. And and the things that happen in that movie are horrific, and I'm not comfortable when I see them happen. Um, but maybe it's just the score. But something yeah. about that, that movie keeps me coming back over and over again. Um, uh, but no, I totally get it. It, it. It's something that makes you uncomfortable, but 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 really happened uh, and needs to be shown. That, that we're going to get a lot of answers like that in response to this question. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, one of the one of the things that actually may surprise you guys because you loved it so much was the Revenant for me. Mm. Oh. And all of these kind of like Chris says, kind of lends themselves to some sort of social injustice or to me like gruesome violence is never like something that I really typically seek out unless it's obviously served in the, the overall uh, good of the picture. And The Revenant is a terrific movie. It is a great experience to see, particularly in the theater because of the sound and the, uh, the, the performances are outstanding and just the way it's shot is, is incredible. I don't think I want to see it again just because it, it is so uh, uncomfortably, viscerally uh, gruesome. Yeah, and that stuff is just like okay, yeah, yeah, yeah I got it, I got it. Um, I'm I'm good with uh, at least not seeing that all the way through 
uh, because it's it's not easy to to take in. Man, that bear attack is really hard to watch. Like, and again, that's the point, right? Like no. if it wasn't right up to the line and maybe one step over, it wouldn't elicit the emotion in you that that you really need as a viewer. But yeah, uh, I recently watched it again a couple weeks ago, um, and uh, it's still just as hard to watch. Like it, it goes on for so much longer than you expect it to. Uh-huh. Well, it's uh, it, it's uh, I was reading something about it because uh, the I guess it's a stunt man that's in like one of those blue suits or whatever. That, yeah. That's how they do the bear and everything. And he was talking about how um, these scenes are hard to do because uh, uh, Inuritu likes to do these long takes. So like it's and and everything has to be choreographed just mm-hmm. right. So it's like two minutes long of you like just go you going ballistic for you know and it just never ends and then it's like all right let's do it again you know yeah. Um, but yeah that's a I mean that's a good one I mean I can see that I mean it's uh, but that's one of those like I would put the Revenant in sort of the same category as American History X mm. in that there's one really horrible scene in it um, mm. that makes you not want to watch it, but everything else around it, it's, it's not as bad. And I mean, you know, as far as violence is concerned, um, and, and you can enjoy the movie. I I mean, you have to kind of forward through the one scene because it's, it's impossible to watch. Um, um, but the revenant, like it, it feel like once you get past the bear attack, then it's still violent, but it's not like that. Yeah. yeah 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 it's <laughs> i don't know yeah you're right it, it definitely goes the downhill in in terms of the violence after that speaking of american history x i assume that's probably on a bunch of people's list maybe because of that that gruesome scene and everything but that mm-hmm. is a terrific movie to rewatch. Yeah, it really is over and over again between just to see the ed norton is just it's probably one of the most underrated actors in Hollywood, right? I know he's, he's, he's supposedly to be a, dick, a complete right? dickhead, right? Like, yeah, I there know, are I multiple know. stories that he's impossible to work with, but his his acting is phenomenal. Well, and his transformation. Look at look at the difference between him and Primal Fear versus American History X versus Fight Club versus Burst. Like he just he absolutely transforms. Just himself. watch the score. Right? Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. where he play acts as you know somebody with a severe mental disability in order to gain access to the place they want to rob. Like he's a phenomenal actor. Um, well, yeah, that's the same thing in Primal Fear, right? He does this whole yeah, exactly, exactly. And so we, you know, I think we're conditioned by that curb, you know, jaw stomping scene. We forget that like he's a good guy in this movie, right? He's reformed. Yeah. He's desperately so- trying to keep his brother from falling into the same path he did. Um, and I think that's overshadowed a lot by the, by the flashback black and white violence that we get of him in his skin head, skinhead days. Uh, and you were talking about the dickhead thing. Uh, that's the movie where he has most of his dickhead stories. And that's because uh, he disagreed with the director, Tony K about a lot of stuff. And he ended up like partially directing the movie. If legend yeah, is, but you know, I think there's five or six movies that have stories. I think he's basically up there with David O. Russell in terms of there's enough stories. I'm willing to believe where there's smoke, there's fire. Like even that yeah. faith with Ben Stiller and Jenna Elfman, I'm pretty sure he was like reported to be a monster on that movie. Well, I wasn't getting at the fact that he didn't do it in any other movies. It's just that that particular movie is the one where most of the stories come yeah, I from. I think you're right. Um, but yeah, um, well, uh, I will give a mention, um, to Requiem for a Dream. Oh, yep. good one. Yep. If you ever want to know what it's like to be a drug user 
and you're not one um, who is hopelessly addicted, just watch this movie. And um, if that doesn't explain to you why I never want to see it again, then maybe I'll mention the final scene where we see a bunch of people chanting ass to ass as the heroine character and some other girl are doing each other with a double butt dildo. Like, this movie oh. it might as well be subtitled Shit You Don't Ever Want to See. Um, yeah, yeah. And yet, I can't deny its greatness. It's great. <laughs> well, and not to mention... Time, I'm sorry. I have to mention this. There was one time at Chris's place when he lived over uh, in the middle of uh, the city that we were all over together and we were drinking pretty heavily. And <laughs> at some point, like somebody said, just throw a movie on. And I was not in my right mind, man. And I got up and I grabbed Requiem for a Dream. Nice oh my work. God. In the middle of the party. Uh, nice luckily, my, my cousin party Ryan movie. came over and he was like, what the fuck are you doing, man? <laughs> oh, shit. That's what that is. Sorry about that. Yeah. Well, and and, and not to mention, there's that uh, Jared Leto's needle sore that shows uh, up later on in the movie, too. And there's so many so many things about that movie they're just distasteful i've seen it a lot of times it's kind of like you know it's kind of, i mean i've seen it mainly because i love the style of it and i love that uh that interplay between ellen burston uh leto wayans and all that and that music's playing yeah. all the way through it and he cut the the movie cuts through all this stuff and it's got that awesome music to it and everything um i haven't seen it in forever but um but I know exactly what you mean because it's such a hard movie to get through and it's great, but it's just like, I don't need to see that again. It's great <laughs> because exactly it's trying mean. to make you feel that uncomfortable and it, and it has to, to accomplish its task. And I just like all these movies you're talking about, I totally get it. Like I just don't, you know, it's like uh, Tarantino with the animated blood scene and kill bill with like, I don't need to ever watch that ever, ever again. I totally know why you did it. I get it creatively. But, like, I don't ever want to see it. Not, not at all. Uh, I'm going to let you guys go a couple on these because there's very few that I won't watch again for whatever, for whatever reason. So I don't have that, a long list. Eric, so I'll let you guys example? go on it. I do. I mentioned this before uh, that I didn't. I thought this was a way overrated movie. And I actually literally could go the rest of my life without seeing it. It was The Hangover. Oh, mm. yeah. Like, I watched it once. I watched it. I've actually watched it a couple of times. But it was, it still didn't make me laugh very much in the second time. And I think it's completely inessential when it comes to comedies, when it comes to Vegas comedies, when it comes to drunken, disorderly comedies. Like, I I have no need to see it again. I know it's star-making performances and everything, but I'd rather watch Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas another time or like Old School another time or, or something like that rather than to put that comedy on. So if it comes on, I wouldn't like, you know, throw my wallet at the TV and break it and, and shit like that. But <laughs> I Or... But, but I also, you know, wouldn't go out of my way to, to put anything on. Yeah. So. I'm going to throw one at you that's a little different. It, it, I don't want to avoid it in the future because it disturbs me. Um, I want to avoid it in the future because it was kind of boring, even though I'm really glad I watched it. And that's the King's speech. Oh yeah. Uh, Have you seen this uh, movie? Uh, um, yeah. I think it's fantastic. I think the performances are great, um, but it just feels like one of those movies that will bore me if I watch it again, because the real powerful moments and lessons I remember, and I don't need to see them again. And the rest of it, 
people are going to think I hate England, but um, that's not the case. But that movie is just a little bit boring um, for the point it's trying to make, is all I'm saying. And uh, I saw it once. It's good enough for me. Move on. Very similar to The Passion of the Christ, right? Oh, yeah. Let's see what the fuss was about. I was raised pretty hardcore Protestant Christian. Um, You know, he shot this movie in Aramaic and... Caviezel was struck by lightning twice. I'm like, I'm going to watch this movie, but having seen it, I'm not going to ever go watch that movie again. Like, I forgot that that he was struck by lightning twice. That's like, I know, man. How is that even possible? And of course, that that one um, that one just goes under the uh, the category of that movie sucked, and I don't want to watch it again. (laughs) That's basically what that came down to. Well, I honestly, I can't make an objective decision on this movie because you know I think I think I saw it at a time in my life where I was still religious enough to have been moved by some of it but it's so overtly violent like it's so over the oh, top yeah. like it goes way beyond the revenant and 12 years a slave and trying to make its point it's um, emotionally manipulative it really like, is just it really is just. it's i'm going to make you feel a feeling through gore essentially it, well it's so funny that you know south park later because you know they they made bigger longer and uncut they had a lot of stuff with the mpaa that they had to deal with on that movie and then passion of the christ comes out and <laughs> uh and they they make it rated r but you you can allow children in to see it because it, you know and they and they actually made an episode about yeah. that where yeah. where they went where the kids went to go see passion of the christ and that same box office guy who wouldn't let them in to see terrence and philip movie is like is like this movie is rated r but because it shows the the absolute horrible <laughs> nature of the way jesus died you can come and see it you know <laughs> because it's, well, well because it's religious and we have yeah. it for the lobby yeah exactly wasn't that episode called the passion of the jew it was like, because Kyle. <laughs> because Cartman wants Kyle to see how how much his people, you know, according to Cartman's view, uh, his people uh, killed Jesus and everything. So so Kyle sees it by himself later on in the episode, and he's just like covering his eyes and just all this stuff. And then he finally really he because of that movie, he's like, yeah, I never understood Cartman. I never understood. So you, you know, he actually get he actually gets turned around by watching the movie. We're about to wrap it up here. Um, I have one thing to interject, though, and it's sure. about la- it's about last week's episode. Oh. Uh, last week, uh, we talked about movies from the IMDb uh, top uh, 250 that we haven't seen. And, and the one that uh, that Jeremy said that I should go watch is Singing in the Rain. And because uh, I, I had not seen it or whatever. So and obviously I should be chastised for that because it's a great movie. Uh, I went and watched it. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, like I uh, saw it the that ne- the next day or whatever. And perhaps perhaps I should be even more chastised by the fact that I had seen this movie. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you didn't like it. <laughs> no. Um I want I had seen it before. I saw it like 5 years ago I realized uh, as I started watching it. Um and uh, and I was like, "Oh yeah. Holy shit. Uh the <laughs> whole thing Did you enjoy would, it at least? <laughs> yeah. I did. I enjoyed it the first time. I just forgot I saw it. <laughs> That's awesome. And uh, so I knew right off the bat when you start it and everything, there's that, you know, that little title card where they're all three walking with umbrellas yeah. and they're like, singing in the rain and singing in the rain. And I'm like, this is oddly familiar. <laughs> and like, then Gene, Gene Kelly comes in and he's, and he, and he turns to the camera and starts telling that story. And I'm like, this is so 
I've seen this, right? I know I've seen this. That's Maybe I've just seen scenes. No, I, as it goes further and further in and everything, and there's that big number with his buddy does that big like physical comedy scene where he's yeah. singing the song and all yeah, that yeah, and everything. Laugh. And I was, and I was like sitting there going, Oh Jesus, I know for a fact I've seen this now because this was amazing. It's just an amazing feat that he's going through and everything. It really and is, I was yeah. actually sitting there also thinking, how can I, I actually thought this, the way they did the camera work in this is exactly, you could learn some things about action movies in general. Hmm. Uh, by hmm. taking singing in the rains, uh, way they move the camera around and they show these guys, you know, head to toe doing all these things yeah. and it's yeah. all in one shot. Now, now action scenes don't have to be in one shot. Uh, but give me something like that for 10 seconds where yeah. they're, you know, and, and we, we've talked about the raid two a lot. The raid two has that sort of one camera, uh, low to the ground, and it's and it's almost ballet. It's just like what sing it's it's singing in the rain, only it's violent. Yeah, yeah. You know? Good call. And and uh and it's I remember I remember when Jackie Chan movies first started uh becoming popular in America and everything. Rumble in the Bronx was the first one that came here. Uh, even though I think it was like two or three years old or something mm-hmm. by the time I got here. Um, and I remember uh, Nashville scene critic uh, Jim Ridley, who recently passed away, I'm sorry to say. Yes. Um was uh was talking about how Jackie Chan uh is is like a you know modern version of Buster Keaton and Charlie Chaplin in the mm. way that he goes about his you know his things because he 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 takes props and he he uses them for comedic effect they're action but they're comedic at right. the same time and everything I that I think people could learn things from watching these Chaplin Buster Keaton Singing in the Rain The Raid yeah. Two all these other type of movies when they make their action scenes. And that's, I really just wanted to say that two, two things there. I had seen this movie before. That's awesome. And I was, and I just didn't remember it for whatever reason. I don't know why I really enjoyed it the first time, but I just <laughs> forgot it. And and I think that's what happens. That's where that, that's where that uh, term, um, I've uh, forgotten more about this than you'll ever know type of, uh, uh sentence comes from. I've yeah. seen so many movies that I've forgotten a lot of them. And, and sometimes I'll watch a binge full of movies and I'll be like, all right, I saw those. And then a year later, someone will ask me, did you see that? And I'm like, no. Yeah. And, uh, and mm. they'll be like, well, I was in the theater with you. I'm like, <laughs> I actually got a text from Jonathan that very night. We were talking about singing in the rain and everything. He's like, uh, yeah, you remember that movie? And I was like, no. He's like, well, we went to see that movie together. <laughs> and I was like, I was like. And I had to just think about it for a minute and then get some details. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that movie. Okay, yeah, totally remember now. You it know. gets even uh, worse than that, man. Like on that, there's a there's a great thread on our sub subreddit right now about like that I really enjoy. Movies that you ended up watching because of CinemaSins. Um, and somebody in there was like, Oculus. I never would have seen that otherwise. And I was like, my first reaction was, did we send Oculus? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've not only seen it and send it, I forgot both. So yeah. I totally understand what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's just what happens sometimes when you see so many. I've seen thousands. Anyway, that is the Sincast for this week. Uh, please keep going to SoundCloud and telling us what you think of our particular episodes and everything we are enjoying hearing all that. And uh, so, but that will be this week's and this is Chris Atkinson with Jeremy Scott and Barrett share. We will see you next time. Thanks for listening. Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. 
and be sure to visit cinemasins.com. When the truth is found <laughs> to be lies, and all <laughs> dies, don't you want somebody to love? And I'm sure there were people on there like, that's not, this is actor's name, not character's name. But, uh, but, uh, good impression. but yeah. But his song sucks so bad. Oh yeah, I mean yeah. No, no, don't get me wrong. There's the especially just the overplayed nature of it. It just do gets you, on do your you nerve. Like any of them? Any of the Kravitzes? Yeah, any of the Kravitz songs. <laughs> I like Zoe. <laughs> any of the Kravitzes? No, you know what I like? Uh, I like that uh, "It Ain't Over Till It's Over" song about Lisa Bonet. Ooh, ooh. Um, do you have you ever heard "Let Love Rule"? Yep. Do you like that song? Nope. <laughs> Papa, can you see me? The ice is gonna break!